now we're good. What's good, what's good, what's good, everybody? Shot Callers crew back in the building. Uh, it's Sunday night. Uh, we had a lot of NBA action. So we are going to discuss some things that have been going on uh, this recent opening week. Uh, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Happy Holidays to everybody. I hope everybody had a splendid, splendid, splendid holidays. Uh, with New Year's coming up, uh, we are super excited. Uh, the NBA has started back up, uh, and we are here, the Shot Callers crew. First up, uh, let me introduce my man, producer Tim. What's good, my brother? Hey, man. How are you? I'm excited to be back talking some basketball with you all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I got my brother, my ace, Buku, my number one, Joshua Odellis, Pharrellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Hayes. What's good, my brother? Hey, what's going on? Uh, tell you what, man, I'm sitting here ready to talk basketball. We've been spending the last, I don't know what, month or so, hope trying to find these PS5s. That- <laughs> <laughs> Boy, chase on. Producer Tim hooked us up with some links, man, and we've been following day and night. And, uh, man, I'm so glad that's over with. It's crazy. (laughs) I'm ready to get get to the NBA. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, we've got some some big storylines. I mean, we've got things going on in Houston. We've got stuff going on. Look at these new look, uh, New Jersey Nets. Uh, and I want to kind of discuss Ooh. a little bit of all that stuff uh, with you guys. But the first I thing I want to talk about. Brooklyn, producer Tim. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yes. <laughs> the first thing I want to discuss is this James Harden situation. Now, we all have been kind of following this. Of course, the NBA world has been following this. Um, I, I did not know there were protocols for going to uh, certain establishments uh, during this COVID season. Um, but apparently James Harden likes to do it. Let's go back to the beginning of all this. So over, you know, this last break of the NBA, James Harden has requested a trade. He's wanted out of Houston. Um, he's got all these different things going on. Uh, he came in uh, to camp, finally reported, uh, looked a bit on the heavy side. You know, people were cracking their, you know, cracking their jokes you know, and I'll let you guys kind of explain some of the, the cracks that they had in there. Um, but he came in a little bit of a way. Then, apparently one of his friends had a party at one of these establishment gentlemen's clubs, as they said. And that breaks, I guess, COVID protocol. Um, so then he had to sit out for that. Um, but he played last night. Uh, he, what do he have? 44 and 17 assists or something like that? Um, I, I mean, he just – out of his mind, uh, he still looks like the James Harden, you know, that we're all used to seeing. Um, we haven't seen this full team yet. Uh, you know, Cousins hasn't played. Uh, Wall has been out. Um, it, it, do we think this is going to be enough for James Harden to be comfortable in where he is with bringing these pieces in? Or do we just think it's just a, a foregone conclusion that he's just putting up numbers, just waiting to get to a contender? Uh Tim, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on that? In the words of the great Kenny the Jet Smith, it's over. It's over. (laughs) It's over. I mean, 
even those guys come back, one, he already went out. He's made it pretty well known. He's expanding yeah. his list like every other day who all he's wanting yeah. to trade it to. Um, Portland now being on the list who they lost to last night. Mm-hmm. And three, um, they lost uh, by a lot last night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, they didn't lose by a lot last night, but they gave up a lot of points defensively. So, like, I don't – I mean, even when all those guys are back, who are they going to stop? Like, they might score yeah. 120 points tonight, but they might give up 125. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm and their only, defensive, yeah, their only defensive identity, who was Mike D'Antoni, is not the coach anymore. <laughs> you know, so – you know, you you know, you take a guy that preached defense, uh, you take him out of the equation and and uh you know, you just got a bunch of scorers that can't play any defense. I don't know Walls being a defender. Demarcus Cousins has never been a rim protector per se. Um and they don't really have any other defenders. Uh Josh, what do you think about this whole Houston James Harden? What do you what are your thoughts on this? Um you know, I guess if you go back to his OKC days, you know, he was six man coming off the bench. You obviously see all flashes of brilliance when he was running the second team. And then, you know, he kind of went to Houston and got the keys, keys to the roles. And they were like, go at it. And like you said, Mike D'Antoni was there. It was kind of that, you know, he was very similar, put into that Steve Nash role where he had the ball in his hands all the time, but he was also the the actual scorer on the team. So, it was kind of do it all at your own risk, James, where you lived and died by how he played. And um, they went in and they, you know, they tried to get him a point guard and Chris Paul. And, you know, we learned real fast that James still needed the ball in his hands. And then they got Westbrook over there. And, you know, Westbrook's a guy that needs the ball in his hands. And Harden, a guy that needs the ball in his hands. And then you bring in John Wall, who pre-injury – was probably one of the premier point guards in the NBA who also needed the ball in his hands. So they keep bringing all these guys in that kind of need the ball in their hand at the same time that James Harden needs the ball in his hand. And I feel like when you keep bringing in the same type of player that it's never going to work. So at this point, I think the best thing that Houston can do is build around everybody else on their team and get back as much as they possibly can for James Harden. Um, so I'm with Tim, man. I think it's done and over with. I'm actually shocked that the trade hasn't happened yet. Um, I know they were trying to move him before opening day uh, when they played their first game. And I was thinking maybe it was going to happen or at least uh, it was going to happen before New Year's. But it looks like they're trying to figure out what's the best possible package they could get. And I still think that there's a possibility that he goes to the Boston Celtics. I don't. Yeah. Sean's been yeah. saying that too. I don't know. I don't know what that package is going to look like. I'm pretty sure it's probably going to involve somebody like a Jalen Brown. Um, yeah. I know Boston's not giving up Tatum. Uh, but God, that oh, that would be awful, man. I, I I'm just a. I mean, I know that Boston's they haven't gotten it done. They've had high expectations, high hopes. Um, but, I mean, with Brown and Tatum, like, I just like that tandem. Like, I, I don't know if I'm willing to risk my future and my bank account to put James Harden. Well, I agree. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, I just don't know if I'm willing to risk that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't know. I'm uh, thinking. I, I, you know, this contract is, this contract is just so unfriendly. But, I mean, he's – I mean, he's a top-tier player still, but, like, 
like you said, Josh, you make a great point. Like you gave him Chris Paul, didn't work. You gave him Russell Westbrook, right? Didn't work. Now he's gonna have John Wall and Cousins. It's it, and he still wants out. Like I don't under like I don't know what combination would work in order for him to have success. I I don't know when does this start becoming James Harden's problem? You know what I mean? So I I don't I don't know. Well, I do think I that know. I do think that it, it, for them to work out the deal to Boston, I'm sure another team is going to have to be involved to try to figure out how to absorb all this money coming in. I mean, you got to remember this guy turned down a 50. He turned down, what was it, 52, 53 million dollars a year, whatever. I don't remember the exact number, but it was an insane amount of money that he turned down on an extension um, because he wants to go. And I, I know people make fun. Of, I don't necessarily think he wants to be out of the West. I don't think that that's a, a, a thing. Um, I just think he wants to be put in a position where he's at the point where he just wants to win. And he wants to go to a team that he knows that he's going to be able to win with. We've already learned that you are not going to win a championship without a second superstar that's that's going to help carry. Um, we watched what LeBron and AD did in the bubble. Um, we watched what Steph and KD did with Golden State. And Harden, when it comes down to it, you know, Houston's never had two superstars in the playoffs that can carry them to that championship round. And they had their one shot at it when they took Golden State to game seven. And, you know, you have no Chris Paul because he's injured. And, you know, that was all she wrote right there. So that was their only in one chance I think they ever had. Because if they get to the finals that year, they're blasting. They're blasting Cleveland just like um, Golden State did. So that was his one shot right there. And he, he missed it. So. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen. Tim, what do you think? Where, where do you think he might land? First off, I don't really think he wants to win. I'm- <laughs> hey, I'm, hey, I'm with you. I, I'm dead serious. I, I don't think it's about winning for him. I really don't. No, it's about – I'm with you. Yeah, he wants to win scoring titles and MVPs. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Get your money. Score, score a ton of shots. Great. That's fine. That's fine. You know, like, if, you know, but – what what in the history of James Harden says like I want to win a championship? Like when when has he been like I'm here to win a title? I wanted to bring a title to Houston. Like he maybe yep. has said that in a press conference, but like I don't re- you know I don't recall ever like coming out of his mouth or like that being the mission, that being the motive. Like Jimmy Butler, I came to Miami, I want to win a championship here. Awesome right, man, completely and, like, agree. You know Kyrie and KD going to Brooklyn. We want to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Like we want to be the team in New York. And like, yeah, yep. awesome. Do your thing. Um, hell, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns talk about wanting to bring a championship to Minnesota. They talk about wanting to bring yep. the Wolves back and making them a formidable franchise. James Harden has just never done that. And, like, I just don't feel like, you know, would he like to win a title? I'm sure. Like, I mean, every player does. But, like, I don't think that's the be-all end-all for him. I think the be-all end-all for him is 37 points a game, eight or nine assists, and like just putting like the best together the best individual stat line of all time. Like, but, but do you, do yeah. you really truly think in the back of his head that's what he's saying? Because we've already seen every single superstar that's never won a chip, how they're criticized, like in their legacies. You know, the Stocktons and Malones and the Barkley, like those guys are criticized for not winning. Do you think he cares about that? Really? Like, do you think that he really cares about that? Because that's what he's going to hear. He's going to hear that. Yeah, I'm glad you got 10 scoring titles. What'd you win? Yeah, he will. And guess what? He won't care because he'll have made a ton of money and he'll be in the Hall of Fame, as he should be, and he'll have scoring titles. Yep. yep. 
Yeah, I Tim, I, I, I tend to agree with you, man. I, I really do think that he's just kind of about himself. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I, I think that there, I don't think there's a better leader than Chris Paul. Agreed. And you've put him with Chris Paul, and, and he still, you know, they still weren't able to find a way. Now, Chris Paul got hurt. I, we, we get that. But, you know, Harden has never been a guy, like you said, Tim, that's a great point. He's never been a guy that said, you know what, this is about getting a ring for me. I want to get a championship. Uh, you know, guys like that show up in incredible shape. They show up ready to go. They put teammates to make their teammates better. And they win, and they go on and win championships. I don't see that with him. I really don't. Like I, I'm kind of with you on that one, Tim, for sure, for sure. So it's interesting to see. I don't, I don't know where he's going to go. Um, you know, his list is expanded. I, I think, uh, like you said, Portland's on there, Philly's on there, Boston's on there, Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee's on there. I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think that. I just don't think there's a roster where he goes and and it's going to be any better than what it what it is. I mean, well, let's, you're let's adding come, a better player, but is he is he making you a better team? Let's come back to this point in a little bit because I know one of the points that you want to talk about is is a couple of the other teams and mm-hmm. um, I think we can tie this into those conversations in a little bit. So, um yeah. I think it'll make it a little interesting. And and I, and I'll pull it up when you talk about one team specific. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the uh, gosh. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. Let's let's get into that. Um, they they've lost. They're zero and two. They're playing the Bulls tonight. Uh, they are zero and two. They've lost their first two games. They lost their first one to the Nets by twenty six, and they lost their next one to the Bucks by thirty nine. Um, it's been pretty ugly. Now, we have already talked about how it's going to be tough sledding without Clay. Draymond has not played yet. Um, you've got a rookie in Wiseman who actually has been playing really well. Um, and, and you've got uh, Steph who, I mean, Steph's used to being the guy, but I, I don't think, I don't know if Steph is comfortable with trying to put up 25 30 shots like that's just not I don't think that's in his in his per se repertoire um but to watch them struggle the way they have and give up the points they have and and not be able to you know score over 100 uh you know Steph has has had bad shooting nights on both nights has not played particularly well um even though he just made 105 threes in practice I guess yesterday which is is a dumb thing to to even watch, but um, what's going on in the Bay, gentlemen? Uh, we know Clay's injured. We know that um, is is this fixable this year, or is it another draft pick, uh, Clay Thompson's return next year that will really uh, get them back to where they are? Is this kind of a lost year like last year was for them? I'll let you go first, Tim. I just think their roster's not that good when you, like, put it together. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Draymond Green's fixing losing by 39. And, you know, like, yeah. he's not game seven, 37-point Draymond Green anymore. Um, you know, obviously, right. you have Steph Curry. And, you know, the, one of the points you and I made when we were making our season predictions, Ben, was 
you don't bet against Steph Curry, but now when it's Steph Curry against, you know, Steph Curry going out there with like Eric Pascal, who's a fine player. (laughs) All right. James Wiseman, who I like. Kelly Oubre, who hasn't made a non-dunker layup yet as a warrior. I think I saw was a, was a stat. And then Andrew Wiggins is your second best scorer. Like, it's a limited team. I mean, there's not much you can do with a roster like that. And I don't really see, you know, I, I picked them to be in the playing tournament. I picked them to be in the seven through 10 range. And now like, I know it's only two games, but I'm not certain I feel that way. Like I get, they lost by a lot mm. in those games, but you know, Curry's out there trying to do everything he possibly can. And there's just not enough with him. Um, I just don't think that they really yeah. have it there. Now they're going to want to be big Wolves fans because as long as it's not in the top three, they get the Minnesota pick this year. So that's yeah. something where you can, you know, if you lose and you get two tied draft picks, you can keep building your roster, get better and better. Maybe at the end of Steph's run of the Steph, twilight of Steph's career, maybe you have a championship contender again. But I don't see a situation where they can sign a guy to bring it in. They're pretty tapped on money on the cap right now. Uh, you know, we all hate to see Clay Thompson out because we knew we're really seeing how important he was to that team. But I just don't see a situation. I know they're the Warriors. They have this unbelievable foundation. But – I just don't see a situation how they get significantly better right now. Yeah. Josh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it is fixable. And um, one of the things I was looking at is, is I think we're going to find out really soon how important Draymond either is or isn't to the Golden State Warriors when he comes back. Uh, And then the other piece of it is, is that, Really, other than Steph Curry, if you take it, if you take him out of the equation, that whole starting five is different than what we're used to seeing on the floor. So if you really look at that roster, the way it's constructed, it's almost a whole new team. It's not the it's not the, you know, the Hampton five that we're used to seeing or the the Golden State that had, you know, uh, Harrison Barnes and. um Andrew Bogut, you know, they're, they're different. Um, I think that as the season goes, you know, you got to remember Steph's coming off a broken hand. Uh, Draymond is, I don't even know what his injury is. I guess he hurt his quad or something, something on his leg. Um, Wiseman really didn't even play last year. Uh, you know, he basically got suspended and then decided to sit out the rest of the season. Ubre's new to the team. Wiggins got traded, you know, halfway through the season. And then you have a bunch of those, those bench guys that got some PT last year. I think this is, I think this is a chemistry thing that once they figure out how to run the offense, I think Steve Kerr will get them together and they'll start pulling together and winning some games. I don't think everything's going to fall on Curry because I think Wiggins and Ubre can both average 20 a game, which takes a lot of the pressure off of Curry. And I really think that one of them, is going to have to be the guy that when Curry's off the floor, like they got to step up and be the leader. And I would really hope to like to say, like I said, Draymond is the guy that, that when he comes back on the floor, like just his presence alone with, you know, his knowledge on defense, um, his knowledge on offense, being able to move guys around, get in spots to make, make some plays, passing the ball and things like that. I think it frees Curry up to get some easier shots. I'm not saying it's, it's going to fix it to where they're going to be contenders to win the West but I definitely think it's going to fix it to where you see them start winning some games. And I still think they'll push for that last playoff spot. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, 
shake his head now. I love you. I just think it's. I think it's done. I think. I think it's over. Yeah. Here's my thing. I don't. I mean, I don't know if I put a lot into Kelly Oubre, but what I've seen, like these last couple games. Granted, I mean it's a new team. He's in a new spot, but man, he's been rough. Um, I just don't think Andrew Wiggins enjoys basketball. What's that? I just don't think Andrew Wiggins enjoys basketball. I just I don't like. Yeah, it it most looks more like a job than it is a is his life. You know what I mean? Like he's like, oh crap, yeah, I guess we got to be out here and play this game. I'm good at it, but I guess I'm, you know what I mean? Like right, yeah, he's super yeah. athletic. He's you know he's got a lot. He's got a great skill set, but to him, he's like, I'm doing this because it makes me the most money for my life, which is <laughs> right. fine. Like, I couldn't be a computer. He's like, I couldn't be a computer programmer, but I'm out here playing NBA basketball. You know what I mean? So yeah, with, with, you know, if that's your life choice, that's great, man. But you're probably on the wrong team for that circumstance. Yeah. When you got offered yeah. that contract by Minnesota, and the GM had to say, "Promise me you'll play hard for me to give you this money," like it's not a good sign. Yeah, that's that's not good. That's not a good thing. Um, I do, I do love Steve Kerr. I mean, I do think he's a great coach. Um, I just think he's been dealt a horrible hand. You know, I think when Clay went down with the Achilles, I think it it took the wind out of everybody's sails. Um, it put more on the shoulders of Steph. Um, it put more on the shoulders of, you know, you pick up Ubre, who's not really ready for that role, I don't think, personally. Um, like you said, Wiggins has never been a guy where it's been like, you got to be this option where he's excelled. Um, Draymond is not the Draymond of, of old, you know what I mean? He's going to be, I don't think he'll be the guy that's going to be able to generate offense. I think he will help them defensively some, um, but I don't know if he'll generate enough offense to make a difference. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, um, what Steve Kerr does, uh, because I do feel like Kerr is a great coach. I really do. I feel like he's, oh yeah, he's awesome. You know, yeah, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you unlearn what you've learned these past five or six years. Um, uh, you know, doing what he's been able to do in the championships, he's been able to win. So um, he's been able to manage talent. He's been able to put them in the good positions to be able to do extraordinary things these last six or seven years. I don't think he's lost that. Um, but when you lose a Clay Thompson in the preseason or in the in the in your training camp. Uh, a guy that, of course, you've been relying on and, and thinking that he's going to be that, you know, that that scorer and, and the leader that you've had on the court for so long and you lose him again. I just think it kind of knocks the wind out of your sails. You know what I mean? So um, I, I don't think that they'll have a favorable year this year. Uh, it, we're only two games in. Uh, we'll see how it goes with the Bulls tonight. Maybe they'll be able to pull one off. Um, you hope so against that team. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you, you, you hope maybe they can get on track then and get a win there. But uh, it's going to be tough sledding for them, I believe. It, it's it's going to be really tough. Bulls up um, at the end of the first. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Um, let's talk Brooklyn. 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 Um Gosh, they have they've looked really good now. I did see that they were uh they were down just a second ago. They're yeah, they're down, down six right six, now. Down six to the Hornets right now. Um <clears throat> but they got I mean they've got so much ability on that team uh in depth that that six points is nothing to them. Um so uh I have to say, guys, 
I I was I was a little leery at first. Um, Kyrie, KD, two big, big. I don't want to say egos, but I guess you can say egos. But two big egos on the team. Uh, a Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a guy that was their leader last year. Karis LeVert, who was a guy that was their leader last year. Uh, you bring in a uh, DeAndre Jordan. You already got Jared Allen. You got all this depth. You got Landry Shamit who camp comes in. You got all these guys coming in to Brooklyn. You got a lot of depth and you got a lot of talent. Uh, and it's shown in his first two games. Uh, KD has showed zero rust. Kyrie's shot making ability is still insane. Um, and their second unit is almost just as good as their first as far as defensively and scoring ability wise. So what are your all's thoughts uh, on this new look Brooklyn Nets? Uh, Joshua, I'll let you go first. All right. Well, I think one of the one things that we always talk about is Kevin Durant's ability to score without taking a bunch of shots. And we know that Kyrie likes to have the ball in his hands a lot. And something just told me, you know, and I, I said this when, when I found out this was when this, when this happened. And then when we saw the nets in the bubble, you know, they, they, they had almost all their players missed and they actually went in and competed I was like, man, when this team gets Kyrie and KD back, like they're going to be loaded. And mm-hmm. we go out and we watch them play the first game. And I first want to give credit to Steve Nash. And Steve Nash, I don't know what he did, but he decided to move um, Dinwiddie and Jordan into the starting lineup. And then he start, he took um, Lavert out and Allen out, and he's running them on the second team where they can get their like especially where Levert can get his shots off and it seems like this thing has worked like wonder so far i know it's only two games i know it's only two games i know that you know we can't hype anybody up after two games especially if we want to talk about the clippers here in a second um but i said that this team is legit 10 deep they are 10 deep of starting five potential ball players on their team um, you know, they got Jeff Green, and if anybody can get anything out of Jeff Green, we know he's fairly solid. You know, Tron Prince, Shamit, who was starting for the Clippers last year. Um, God, they're just they're loaded, like they are loaded top to bottom. And if Steve Nash can get them to just play unselfish, I know the first game it looked like literally all they was doing was playing run and gun. Um, but they're so good at it that you don't know what to do because. You know, like I said, KD don't need the ball in his hand. Kyrie can dribble, 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 get stuck, pass to KD, and it's a bucket. Like, it's it, it's a little scary. And I would say after two games, I know it's a small sample size, very small, they are easily the best team in the East, and it's not even close. Like, Milwaukee's not close. Boston's not close. Philly's not close. Miami's not close. Like, they could they could run away with the East – if they play the way they played the first two games. And I know they're in a little bit of a, a battle right now with the 0-2 Hornets, but um, what I saw the, la- the first two games, and they had – who they play? They played Boston, right? Golden State. And Golden State. And that Golden State game, they jumped out on them so fast, man, that, like, they put them to bed early. Like, it wasn't even a contest. But, like, the way they handled Boston – tells me a lot about how the East could potentially go. So I'm sold. I'm sold after two games. 
Yeah, I said that uh, on 48 Minutes last week, I said that I thought it would be a Lakers-Nets NBA championship. I just think the star power, uh, the depth, I think defensively they're actually really underrated. Um, truthfully, the worst thing about this team is their City Edition jersey. Other than that, I, I can watch this team play every night. Um, the skill set that they have, you know, everyone brings something different to the table. Um, you know, even in that situation like Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, yeah, similar body frame, similar type of player. But you have DeAndre to go catch lobs. You know, on the other hand, you have Jared Allen, who's just a great rim protector. Like, that's the depth that you don't see from a lot of NBA teams right now. Maybe the Lakers, maybe the Mavs, maybe the Clippers, you know, the Bucks. But I feel like if Kyrie and KD stay healthy and we see these guys play, if, you know, if Kyrie and KD play, let's say, 62 games, like, you you know, I think they are, they're good enough to pull out a win in six, seven of the other ten. So I think the skill, you know, there's the group that they have. Um, I honestly forgot they got Landry Schumacher uh, until I watched the game the other night and I saw him score some buckets. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, Karis LeVert, I probably should, like, rechange. He should be my pick for sixth man of the year because I think in that role he's just going to be excellent. Yeah, I'm with Josh. I think it's the first time this episode we have agreed, so I don't – I'm sorry about that. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I think this uh, I think this Nets team is definitely the best team in the East. And one of the really underrated things about this, you know, Josh, you gave credit to Steve Nash, and rightfully so. Like, he's really adapted very well so far to this head coaching gig. They have two head coaches on that bench, man. Mike D'Antoni's over there as his lead assistant. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, that's got to be pretty fun for those guys. Hey, yeah. Isn't it crazy that wasn't Mike D'Antoni Steve Nash's coach? Yeah, they ran seven seconds or less. Yeah, he was. That's so crazy just to, like, come full circle and be like, hey, I'm a head coach and you're my coach. Like, you're my guy. You're yeah, I think Amari's on the staff, too. He is. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Amari Stoudemire is on the staff. And, and I think that's I think that's what makes them – I think that's what is going to make them kind of be better than – a lot of the teams in the East, you have Steve Nash, uh, who's a guy that has been, uh, you know, an MVP in the league. Now, we can't equate NBA success to coaching. We've already seen <laughs> the highs and lows Ewing. of that. Exactly. So for every, you know, for every Steve Kerr, oh, there's a Patrick Ewing. You know what I mean? For every Phil Jackson, oh, there's a Magic Johnson. So, I mean, <laughs> we've, we've seen – <laughs> you know what I mean? So we've, you know, so we've seen the highs and lows. You know what I mean? So Remember Jerry Sloan you know, put Jerry that on t-shirt. Hey, put that on a t-shirt, Tim. Put that on a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Hey, For right. Every Phil Jackson hope there's a Magic Johnson. So put that on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, I mean we've we've seen it. What's that? <laughs> I'll just say, as, as you're talking, we're right on cue. KD's got 24 points on 12 shots. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's, it's so Mr. Efficiency. I got the game um, off for recording tonight, so I kind of keep looking over at it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, so, I mean, you can't say that NBA success is going to make you a great coach. However, you know, you surround yourself with good people like Mike D'Antoni, who is a proven coach, um, Amari Stoudemire, you know, who, who has been in the league, a guy that you can trust. Um, and, and I think the guys trust Steve Nash. I think that's a big part of it. I think that's why, you know, Steve Kerr had his success. Not only do you have good players, but you got to be able to trust the guy that's been in the fire with, you know, with a Michael Jordan and a Scottie Pippen has won championships. And, you know, there's got to be a trust level there where your stars got to trust you. And I think that Katie and Kyrie trust Steve Nash. Uh, they trust Mike D'Antoni. Uh, and I think that they're going to have a lot of success there. 
Uh, they're deep. They're talented. And you got two guys that can literally score whenever they want to. Uh, you also have a Dinwiddie who can also score at will. Karis LeVert coming off your bench. Um, Josh, you made a great point. It's like they've got two starting lineups, man. And I mean, it's 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 t- that's going to be tough to beat. Um, you know that that team's going to be tough to beat. It, it's so, it's a uh, so this is the it's team real, they're they're going to be really fun to watch. So this is the first team that I wanted to talk about because we all remember the rumors about James Harden going to Brooklyn, right? Um, you see your team after two games, right? You didn't really know how it was going to pan out. Like I said, I thought Steve Nash did a really good job with how he's altered the lineup so far with getting everybody their minutes, getting everybody their shots. Um, Speaking of shots, um, Shamit right now is 0 of 9 from the field with 0 for 8 from the three-point range. So I don't know what he's doing out there right now, but he is garbage, straight hot track, Um, which is probably the reason they're losing. But – But to plug James Harden into that team, like what in the world do you give up? Seeing how your team is is, is after two games is pretty much in sync and everybody seems like they understand their role and they like it. And they're like, what in the world do you break up on that team to take a James Harden in? You don't. I I don't. Yeah, you don't. I mean, yeah. You don't need him. No. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need him. You don't need the headache. You don't need the hassle. Uh, you got stopper. two. Right. Yeah, I agree. The best yeah, thing with the Nets is they move stopper. the ball. Yep. 100% agree, Tim. 100% agree. I think that, you know, you you bring in a guy like that and, and you're asking for trouble. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, the ball gets stuck in his hands um, and, and you don't have that ability to be able to do all the things you want to do with that you're doing now, which is move the ball. Everybody gets their shot. And that's what's made them successful is that their ball movement has been outstanding the first two games uh, and they've shot the ball really well. So um, I think that it's been, it's been uh, truly successful. And Tim, you're the one I, I got, when I got your prediction, you put the nets in the finals and I was like, man, I don't know. But, man, after watching them and seeing how deep they are uh, and, and seeing, you know, KD look like KD uh, and Kyrie look like Kyrie, um, it, it's – it's. I don't think there's a team in the East that could beat them in seven games. Are, um, you, guys, are you guys shocked that KD doesn't look like he was even hurt? Not one bit. Yeah, I, I, Here's my thing is that he's had over the like what do you have like 14 months? I mean something something crazy. Almost well, uh, almost two years, yeah. Yeah, I mean he he had 19. a long time to rec- I think he was almost at 18 months. 18 months. It was yeah. June of 19, right? So like June of 19, so 18, 18 months, months to re- yeah. yeah, so 18 months to recover from, you know, yeah, that that's uh that's I mean, in Achilles' time, I mean that's that's a long time. I mean for anything to recover. So, um, if he was shooting, you know, if he was shooting and doing drills at a year, and you give him an extra six months to knock rust off and play in gyms and do whatever, um, yeah, it, he looks phenomenal. Man, he he was, looks phenomenal. He was shooting at like. Three days. What are you talking about? He was like chair shooting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting shots up three days after surgery. You know what I mean? So, 
Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to see that. But um, so talking, we talked about this. Um, another team that I wanted to talk about really quick uh, and try to touch on them just a little bit. Uh, we talked about it before are the Clippers. Um, now, I can't believe when I got that text from Joshua Dallas Farellis Hayes that the Clippers only scored 27 points and a half and were down to Dallas by 50. Um, I couldn't believe it. I had to go ex- immediately get on my ESPN app and check it out. Um, of course, Ky- uh, Kawhi didn't play. Uh, he he got elbowed the other night and and was bleeding pretty bad. I think Tim would just said eight stitches. Yeah. Um, eight stitches in the mouth. I don't know if he lost any teeth, but eight stitches. And um, you know, hopefully he gets back soon. But uh, for Dallas to be up by fifty and then win by fifty-one, I believe today over the Clippers. Um, what Clipper team? Are we going to see, because we saw them beat the Lakers opening night, we saw them win their second game, and then they go and get blown out by Dallas. Now, I don't think Kawhi is 50 points. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, if Kawhi plays, maybe they will lose by 30. But something something wasn't right there. I, I don't know. Well, what Clippers Paul team are you guys blame. believing in? Did you see Paul George? Paul George did? Yeah, he's like, yeah. I take full responsibility for this loss. And it's like, dude, just stop talking. Just don't talk. Just don't talk. Yeah, I, laugh. Like, I laugh when I saw that too, Tim. Oh, my God. Like, why does he talk? Like, why does he think, like, when he opens his mouth, it's a good idea? His whole, like, well, Doc right. played me this one-way thing this offseason. That's why they lost. And it's like, here's, just here's my theory. Here's my theory. This is the only thing I can think of. I was talking to my kids in the car on the way home because they're actually the ones that brought it up to me while we were at dinner. They were like, Dad, you see this score? I'm like, what? And they showed it to me. I was like, no way. Um, opening night, you got the Lakers. Lakers get their rings. <laughs> yeah. You're you're already pissed off because you lost to the Nuggets up three, up three nothing or yeah, up three one or whatever it was. And Every game you lost in that series, you had a double-digit lead in the second half. And you come out and you play a good game against the Lakers and you win. You really you really went by double digits, but, you know, I think they went by nine. I think it was nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much had control the whole game. The next game, you come out, you play the Denver Nuggets, who is the team that beat you four games to three in a seven-game series after being up three-nothing. And um, – for most of that game, they were absolutely just thrashing Denver. And then all of a sudden, there was this feel. I think I texted both of you guys and was like, hey, man, why does this feel like the series in the bubble right now where Denver's about to come back and get into the game? And and then they were like, no, nah, and, and and they they put the game out of reach and they beat Denver. So they're thinking to themselves, like, first two games, we were supposed to play the Lakers. We beat them. We should have beat the Nuggets. We beat them. It's almost like I feel like they just took the night off, man. I really do. I really feel like they just went in there and didn't even care. Like, they were like, we beat the two teams that we needed to beat. Dallas just got beat up by the Lakers on Christmas Day. They didn't take the game serious, and then this is what happened. Before they before they even blinked and looked up, they were down 50. Because they, they were down 23 in the first quarter. And, and then they got they got outscored 41 to 14 in the second quarter. 
man. How does that happen? Like, I, I, I just don't understand. Like, like as to be to be the Western Conference contender that you are, Kawhi or no Kawhi, like to be down by fifty and lose by fifty is just inexcusable to me. It's just inexcusable to me. That's all I got. Um, I mean, I mean, like, I, I, Minnesota doesn't lose to the Lakers like that by that much, you know, like right, right. You know, I just think that that's – I think that's just – I don't know. They were like, oh, they, they say in the second quarter, it was like, oh, tip the game started. Right. <laughs> uh, well, by the way, the yeah, the Hornets are up by 13 right now. 16. Up 13 now, yes. Ooh. My TV's behind. Is that <laughs> <laughs> but, up 13 on the, on the Nets. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the big um, back off Josh, I think that uh, – Today is definitely a day that's concerning. I know, like a lot of people are like, "Well, they didn't have Kawhi," and I was like, "Yeah, cause, you know, Kawhi puts up fifty point halves all the time." Right. Uh, but right. to that extent, <laughs> right? To that extent, like I still think they're a very good NBA team. I still think they're, you know, one of the three best teams in the West for sure. Uh, maybe top two, honestly. Um, Josh kind of made mention, like, well, you know, they beat the Lakers opening night. They still didn't get the rings. They were pissed. Like there was a time in that game they were up twenty three. And the Lakers came back and made it a close game, like in the first half. Um, so there are things that they they've got to fix. I just don't know about this continuity of them, but I trust their talents. Um, it seems like bringing in guys like Serge kind of makes the uh, team chemistry like a lot better, which is something they really needed. Um, I yeah. still, it still kind of feels like that feeling last year, like we were talking about, where it's like I feel like they think they can just flip the switch on at any point, and like they're they're mm-hmm. not that team. Like they're not the Nets. They're not the Lakers. They're not. You know, the Bucks, like, they're really good. They're awesome. They should be an NBA championship contender year in, year out. But, like, they don't have the switch like those teams have, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I, I'm not – I mean, the 50-point loss, I mean, you could just chalk that up to dumb luck or whatever you want to call it. But I'm still just not a buyer in the Clippers. I, I just like not – I just, I just don't – I mean, I love their talent. I love their, you know – I'm, I, you know, they've got amazing talent and the guys that can do some things, but I'm just not a buyer in them yet, man. I just don't feel like they, they're ever going to just put it all together. And I don't know, I don't know why I feel that way, but I just don't feel like, you know, when things start leaking out about teams, about preferential treatment of players and Kawhi needs this and that and the other, and Paul George, you know, plays the martyr and he's playing the blame game on himself and all like, like there's no real continuity to that team. I think you put it best, Tim. Like there's just there's no like I don't feel no webbing with that team. Like there's just like a like a tight team. I feel like it's Kawhi and the and the Clipperettes. You know what I mean? Like they're just it's Kawhi and everybody else. You know what I mean? Even with Paul George, like I feel like Kawhi even's like way up here and Paul George is like, Oh yeah, Paul George is a good player, but you know, he's not Kawhi. You know what I mean? Like if, I feel like there's a disconnect there. Um, it doesn't feel like LeBron and AD to me. You know what I mean? Like LeBron and AD to me feel like they're connected. They've got one common goal, and that's to win championships and to uphold the historic uh, nature of the Lakers' legacy. You know what I mean? So um, I don't get that feeling from the Clippers. I don't feel like that that those guys have that connection. But what about – you say that you don't get LeBron and AD from them. But what about Darius Scarlett and Andre Drummond? Do you get that from them? 
<laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm watching them beat the Sixers. Those guys are balling right, right now. <laughs> they are balling. Well, you got Bill Collins yeah. next too, though. Because oh yeah, he's yeah. nice. He, he played nice, he's played nice so far. Yeah, they yeah they they what played all right. They they both don't mess around and surprise us and get in the playoffs without LeBron. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they they're they're playing. I mean, they're beating the brakes off Philadelphia right now. Yeah, they're um. I can't believe I'm going to say this about a Cleveland non-LeBron, Mark Price, Cleveland team, but like they're pretty fun to watch. They you are. know what? I I would agree. Uh, they have been. Uh, I mean, I've been watching. I I haven't watched them this year. I watched them a little bit uh, the other night, but I haven't watched them consistently besides tonight because it's the only game I've kind of clicked on. But they they are fun. I mean, they've they got young talent. Uh, like Larry Nance Jr. is kind of coming into his own a little bit. Um, the you know the backcourt of Sexton and Garland are pretty good. Uh, Andre Drummond has been a huge. I mean, Andre Drummond opted in and stayed. He's been huge for them. You know, I mean, as far as Isaac bringing Okoro. consistent presence in the middle. Yep, Acora as well. Uh, I I think that yeah, they're a fun team to watch for sure. Hey, did Darius Garland? Did he did he like go? Did, was he like under my radar at Vanderbilt? Like I don't just remember him being this like crazy. He played guy. about six games and got hurt. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is right. My bad. Yeah, he didn't play that. He didn't play that much. Yeah. Well, um. Hey, hey Josh. Hmm? Before, like, I know we're about the rap and stuff, but I gotta, I gotta ask you real quick. How about yesterday? I wasn't even. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna bring it up. Those are two really bad basketball teams playing each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm like. I like I like UK, but I, I mean if if it, I, I don't know I'm not I can't say that I'm a I'm not a diehard guy you know what I mean like I don't you know I'm not I don't even own any UK paraphernalia I don't nor should you Ben right you know what I mean like I you know I kind of I mean I've been watching Ohio State basketball a little bit because it they're halfway decent but you know like Josh I had to I have to agree with you. Uh, Louisville's missing a lot of players, uh, and both of those teams were really bad yesterday. So yeah, if Louisville, you know, Louisville's it, missing three starters, and and, right. and all of them are, are big big time starters. That's and what they, I'm saying. They're missing three big know. players from from their games. So uh, I wasn't surprised that I mean, because if those if those three play that game's not as close as it should be, um, and, and you know they didn't play, and it was closer than what it should have been because UK is not very good. Um, so. Yeah, it, it's it was it was a tough watch. Matter of fact, I fell asleep. I fell asleep in the middle of it. I woke up at the <laughs> end, so you know it is what it is. Hey, uh, uh, so let's, what's up? Oh, I was going to say because I'm still following this game. Um, one of the things we talked about um, on one of our uh, not our last show, but the show before, we were talking about all these big contracts. Um, mm-hmm. One one was Gordon Hayward going to Charlotte and getting that 120 million. And, you know, we were all talking about how good of a player we thought he was in Utah and he never got it together in Boston. He kept getting hurt. But um, I want to say this is the third game that he's played in with Charlotte. And I feel like he's earning his money right now. Um, yeah, he's got 28, six and seven. Tonight. Look good. He's shooting over 50 percent from the field for the season so far. And I'm like, why didn't this Gordon Hayward show up in Boston? Right. Yeah, You know, I, I think sometimes, man. Like sometimes pressure makes diamonds, but it also makes dust. I mean, there's a lot of pressure when you bring a guy in from from Utah who had done all the stuff, and then he gets injured, uh, and then you know you've got other stars emerge. You're not the guy, so maybe this is a situation for him where he can show, 
He doesn't really have to be the guy. He's got young talent around him, uh, and he can just play. Uh, the Nets are coming back, though. They've closed within four. Um, Durant's got 29. So the, but, but, yeah, so maybe this is a situation for Gordon Hayward where he can just be himself uh, and, and, and make plays and, and score and do what he, what he did in Utah. So maybe this is, maybe this is a spot for him. So, um, so to close it up, uh, producer Tim, Joshua Dallas Ferellis, I want to talk about impactful rookies to you, both of you, this question goes, um, who, which rookie to you in these first couple this first week of the season, um, has impressed you the most, uh, Producer Tim, I will start with you. All right, so we already knew how much I love James Wiseman, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch that because I knew that he would fit in really well in Golden State, mm-hmm. um, and obviously you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Pat Williams. Uh, I know it's because I watch a lot of Bulls games, but he's a rookie that's getting starts. Uh, obviously, they aren't playing very well. They're not a very good team, but he looks like. He's comfortable playing at the NBA level. He looks like he fits in very well to the game. It's not too fast for him. He's not over his head. Um, you know, the other night when they played the Pacers, he had, you know, he played really well defensively. His jump shot is really nice. Um, he's been, you know, the most fun player to watch on the team so far. So um, I'm really enjoying Pat Williams. I think that he has a great future in the NBA. So hopefully that future stays in Chicago. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh Odellis Ferellis. Um I am gonna go with um Harden or uh, Wiseman um only because he didn't play that much last year in college and he opt like after he got suspended, he decided to just opt out of the season. And then they brought him in and he didn't get a lot of preseason work because of being on the COVID list. And, you know, we didn't really get to see what he got to do outside of practice. And um, they bring him in in his first couple games. And he, you know, he definitely showed why he was should have should have or could have been the number one pick in the draft. And then they keep adding things to his his workload and like his job description on the floor where. Um, he's getting a lot put on him as a rookie, and he's having to learn on the fly, and I feel like he's handling it fairly well. So um, I think with the responsibility that he's carrying and the burden that he's carrying right now, even though they're 0-2, about to be 0-3 to the Bulls, um, I think that I think that his – I think he's probably going to be the one that's sped along the fastest because of what he's getting thrown at him right now. Okay. Yeah, I, I've liked Wiseman. That what I've seen these first couple of games, even though they've been getting blown out, um, he's. I think he was. I think he was our rookie of the year choice. Um, you know, and he's gotten a, a great opportunity, of course, on a on a Golden State team that needs his talent right now. So, um, I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards. I love uh, his with swag. The love it, dude. He has been. He has been phenomenal, man. It, like he's he's averaging 16, 16 points in twenty three minutes, um, and he's gonna they're gonna need him a lot now that that cat uh, you know is is injured. Um, so I, they, I don't know if they came out and said that he broke his wrist. It's Did a fracture his wrist, dislocated his wrist. Yeah, they said it was. Um, yeah, so um, Anthony Edwards is going to get a lot more clock here, and. and 
he's been playing with – I mean, he's been playing like a man possessed. Uh, he looks like like uh, like he's fit in the NBA. His fit has been good. Uh, with the Timberwolves, he's been good. And, and uh, they're going to need him because, you know, without, without Carl Anthony Towns, uh, he's going to have to do some more scoring and get some more minutes. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Gosh, that's a – that's another young core I'm looking to see in the next, you know, next six weeks or so. Hopefully, with Cat gets back, um, to see him, D'Angelo, and uh, and uh, Edwards become become a young trio and and maybe possibly make a run in the next. I knew you were going to so, couple years. I knew you were going to go there, yeah. Ben. That's why I went Wiseman because. I'm pretty. <laughs> I I've, yeah. I've, I, I've really liked. I've, I argue with my kids all the time. I t- I'm telling you, I said this Edwards kid was the best kid in college basketball, and I knew coming out of the draft he should have been the number one pick. And yeah, he's he's not only has he been lights out like you're saying his splits. Um, when you look at his efficiency on the floor, you know he's 54 mm-hmm. from the field, 38 from three point range, and 100 from the free throw. I mean, it's not like. It's not like he's going out there chucking up a bunch of shit. It's like no. super efficient. Yeah. He's got yeah, like he's... that attitude or it's like, you know, the kid like him who just has that much confidence. And like, when you see that interview where he's like, whatever sport you put in front whatever of me, I can play can it. <laughs> that kid can always play for me. That kid yep. that has that confidence in himself will always play for me. Did you guys see his yeah. interview when he was getting interviewed about him? He's like, I'd be the best in any sport I played. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> She's like, golf. He's like, I got it. Swimming. I got it. I'm telling you, anything you want to do, I got you. Yeah, that I agree with you, Tim, man. I, I think when you have a kid like that that believes in himself that much um, and, and is able to, uh, you know, uh, equal that to his swagger on the court, um, I think that he's he's got that. Now, they've got a tough test tonight. Uh, no Anthony Davis, though, and no Cat, uh, but they've got the Lakers uh, tonight. So to see that young team to go up against uh, LeBron uh, uh, tonight at 10 o'clock will be interesting to see. So I, I'm interested in seeing that. Anthony Edwards, Team so, Clutch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can Absolutely. we talk about this one real quick before we get out of here? Yes, sir. Go ahead. How is Nerlens Noel, of all people, going to fire Rich Paul? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what? Who? What? First off, it's going to get you the bag more than Rich Paul does. Like, right. Do you feel like underappreciated because you're not LeBron James or Contavious Caldwell Pope or Anthony <laughs> Davis or something? No, buddy, you're Nerlens Noel. Like, right. Be happy. Hey, be happy being Nerlens Noel, getting the money that Nerlens Noel should get. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's, that's what you need. That's where you need to live. You're getting Nerlens Noel money. You know, be happy with that, and you're a part of one of the one of the dynasties of agencies and clutch sports. Just be happy with that. You know what I mean? So that's hilarious. <laughs> it's it's crazy to think about. Hey, that. speaking of which, um, this is totally off subject, and we were talking. I, I saw somebody make a post the other day about, um, you know, this Kentucky team. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Tim, and how they're one and six, and they're they're you know, this is the first time they've had a five game losing streak since like 1926. And everybody now is all of a sudden like, oh, you know, just because you have talent don't mean you can win. And I was like, oh, so we're backtracking now. Mm-hmm. I was like, Kentucky mm-hmm. with this number one recruit class coming in and they're losing. And you guys, it's all, it's not all about the talent. And I was like, please tell me how Kentucky didn't win more national championships with some of these rosters that they had. And then you start pulling up the rosters when they had 
John Wall and Cousins, and you're like, how does that team not win? And then Booker. They yeah, they had um they had rosters where they had eight guys go to the league, eight guys off their roster go into the NBA. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And it um it just didn't ever make any sense to me. And I know I know that we're not talking about um college ball but like i've always said how i didn't think that cal was a great coach because he doesn't know how to make a lot of in-game um changes to what he's doing and you know when he's playing games like he played against wisconsin and notre dame and these teams are backdooring him to death and he didn't know what to do to fix it. he's like i'm just gonna keep what i'm doing because we've been winning and it didn't work for you and you lose and i, I look at it and i'm like how do you lose when you have Cat and Booker and Willie Cauley Stein and Trey Lyles and Dakari Johnson and Tyler Eulis and Poitras and I mean and all these guys are playing in the NBA off of one roster and you don't win a championship? Like that's crazy to me. Yeah, his best coaching job was the Julius Randle team for sure. When they were like the eighth seed and they went to the championship and lost to Connecticut, that was like yeah. his best coaching. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's there's a there's a lot to be said for um, having the talent. And being able to to coach that talent to success, there's a lot to it. Um, I, you know, Josh, I've never done that before. Uh, I've never gone back and looked at the rosters before like that. But I'm sure uh, you do that, and it's like you've got all the. I mean, just the, like you said, just like the Carl Anthony Towns, you know, that that group there, uh, the Wall Cousins group. I mean, you've got a ton, a ton of talent. Uh, on that roster year in and year out and to not put together, you know, three, four or five championships is kind of crazy. Well, let me, um, let me read this one to you. Wall cousins, Patterson, Bledsoe, Miller and Liggins. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of them are still in the league except for Darius Miller. Yeah. Joe Liggins. Uh, is Liggins, is Liggins out of the league now? Yeah. I thought Miller got picked up by somebody. He's still in New Orleans. He was just hurt. Darius Miller is? Yeah. Okay, so Liggins is the one out. Because Liggins was with OKC forever. Yeah. So. Monk, Fox, he was on the Cavs the year after. Briscoll. What's that? He was on the Cavs in that uh, – we did that Christmas Day game. The oh, Cavs yeah, Warriors, that's he right. He was, yep. Yeah, because, yeah, he was he was, uh, he was a defensive stalwart in that game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's they've had some crazy rosters of some really good teams, so, I, I yeah, I, it's hard to explain. Um, yeah, Josh, to I tend it. to agree with you on some of the Calipari stuff, where there, there's 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 a lot to be said about that talent and not being able to get it to where it needs to be. Um, but I think when you're interchanging rosters as much as you do and you don't know, you never have any sophomores or juniors. Like I think it's hard to develop. Uh, I think it's hard to develop guys in a year. Um, it, it just makes it – to me, it just makes it difficult. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But hey, Before we go, uh, just letting you guys know, 22 seconds left, 104-102, Charlotte. What? Oh, yeah. Charlotte has the ball. Um, and KD hasn't taken Craziness. a shot since he came back in the game. Craziness. Wow. Now it's one hundred four ninety nine. Well, gentlemen, uh, it's been uh, another fun episode of Shot Callers. Um, if you guys are here watching on YouTube or you're watching on Facebook Live, thank you for joining us. 
Uh, it's been, uh, it's always a fun getting back with my boys. Um, we will be, uh, producer Tim, can you run down the drop times of uh, the different uh, shows that will be dropping this week? Um, yeah, so 48 minutes will probably go up Wednesday. Uh, we'll be live on Tuesday night if you want to come hang with us and talk. Um, and then I'm trying to figure out at large big because I know it's New Year's week, so we're hoping we can get something up because we got to talk about a lot of things going on in college basketball. Um, so hopefully, you know, the game plan is Friday. Um, that's going to be the consistent schedule. Shot callers going live on the feeds Monday night, recording Sunday. Uh, 48 minutes going up Wednesday, recording Tuesday. And then at large bid on Friday, recording Thursday. For now, we are working on at large bid getting its own feeds where we spread out the NBA network a little more. So we got a lot of game plan right now. So please keep your, keep your eyes out when we have updates. We'll be sure to let you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure you guys tune in. Um, you know, we'll be up all week. You'll get all your NBA news, your NCAA basketball, uh, 48 minutes network is where you want to be. You can check with us on the socials, 48 minutes, W or 48 minutes network. It's NTWRK network. Make sure you check us on Instagrams and Twitters and Facebook. Um, also make sure you check us out on where you get all your podcasts, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure when you go on Apple, you five-star review please we love them we need them five-star review the podcast uh we really appreciate it um and make sure you follow us on our twitters we all have twitter we all have facebook get on there follow us ask us questions we love to hear from you uh and make sure that you are tuning in every week now that the nba has gotten back we are on our regular schedule and we will be uh, on those times that producer Tim just said. So from here at Shot Callers, Joshua Dallas Ferellis, producer Tim, uh, we want to wish you guys a good night and happy NBA season. Have a good night, everyone.